<coughs> Clear the throat. Good start. Good start. Alright, what's up guys? Coming to you live from Ohio State University with our NFL Week 6 preview. We're going to be doing predictions for every game this week um, against the spread. So, that being said, let's open it up. Start with Ryan's team, the Eagles, on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Eagles against the Giants. Uh, the line is New York Giants plus three. Ryan, who are you taking in this first game of Week 6? I am going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles here, minus three. Um, Eagles tend to show up uh, when they play the Giants. Um, I like that line. Three points, not too bad. I'm also going to take the over here at 44 points. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. doesn't matter how bad these offenses are. They always put up points when they play each other. Mm -hmm. And these games are always competitive. Always a lot of points scored. So I'm going with the Eagles and the over. All right, Ryan's taking the Eagles. I'm actually going to go with the Giants plus three um, for multiple reasons. First, let me say Philadelphia has the worst win percentages and away favorite since 2016. Um, but beyond that, I just want to say... Uh, like, don't be surprised if the Giants keep this game close. The Giants have been close in games this year, and although they're 1-4, and four, they're 2-3 and three against the spread, but they are 0-2 in home, which concerns me. But um, the thing that concerns me the most for the on the Philadelphia side is uh, the secondary. Uh, it looks like you're going to be having, what, Jalen Mills matched up against Odell? Probably. Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby. Maybe. I mean, even then, I don't like that matchup for Philadelphia. I think... Um, the Giants will have a they will not have a sustainable offense, but if they can get big plays from Odell, Sterling Shepard here and there, you know, fifty yard plays, forty yard plays, get big chunks of yardage, then hopefully they can get some scores and um and keep up with the Eagles offense. Because I think you're right. I think it will be um somewhat of a shootout. Um although the Eagles don't really have a rushing attack, um I think I think the offense Cubs together against this Giants defense. Um, but I do think the Giants will keep it close uh, if they can get the passing offense going. I'm not sure if the running offense will get going against a good interior um, Philadelphia D-line and the way Saquon Barkley's been playing. And, of course, um, as we talked about the other day, uh, Eric Flowers getting released. The offensive line, um, it's dismantled right now for, for the G-men. So I'm going to take the Giants plus three shootout. Um, but they really need to get it going on the passing game if they have one, any chance for this game to be close. Next up, we have the Colts and Jets uh, in New York. Uh, who do you like in that game, Kevin? Yeah, I like the Colts um, plus two and a half in New York. Um, if you really look at it the past few games, Andrew Luck is really doing well with what he's got. I mean, this guy has one of the worst offensive lines in the league. T.Y. Hilton's been out. They don't really have a lot of weapons on offense. They don't have a rushing game. I think we need to be talking about what Andrew Luck is doing, considering how much time he missed last year. People thought he would come back this year and be average or below average because of all you know a shoulder injury is really tough to come back from in the first place, and you miss all this time with a bad offensive line. What he's doing right now is really impressive. Um, he's actually third in passing touchdowns and first in completions in the league. I don't think a lot of people believe that if you told them. Um, I think, though, the Colts are going to go down early, as they usually do in games, but they'll crawl back in late 
and I think they're actually going to end up winning the game because if you look at the defense of the uh, of the Jets, the defense looks good, but to the offensive side of the ball, after week one, everyone's praising Sam Darnold, right? Um, he goes off against the Lions, but since then, he hasn't been doing well. He has only seven touchdowns, six interceptions. I think we were too quick to praise him, and then after he got off to a shaky start, we haven't really... We haven't really been talking about him. Um, you know, the the buzz about Sam Darnold has kind of gone down. He's been winning some games. They're 2-3 and three against the spread. But I, I like the Colts to keep it close in this game, and I think they end up do winning the game against the Jets team where we, we don't really know where they're at. I actually like the Jets in this matchup. Um, Jets are 9-2 and two in their last 11 home games against the spread. Uh, last week, uh, you would have thought the Broncos were going to beat them easily, mm-hmm. but uh, the Jets were playing at home and they looked good. They they destroyed the Broncos. Um, Indianapolis not a great defense. Offense hasn't been great this year. Andrew Luck uh, has zero protection. Uh, running back position has been somewhat shaky. Um, I like the Jets in this matchup. Sam Darnold, I think. Uh, He's starting to find his receivers, starting to pick up where he left off in week one after um, a couple losses in a row. Um, yeah, I like the Jets at home um, against a terrible Colts team. The thing about the Jets offense to me is, you know, if you look last week, uh, Robbie Anderson, three receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. It, it's not going to happen every game where the dude's going to have three receptions and 120 yards, and it's not going to happen every game that um, what was it, Isaiah Crowell is going to get above 200 yards rushing. The Colts are actually 11-2 and against the spread in their last 13 road games versus a team with a losing home record, and they're 30-12 and against the spread versus a team with a losing record. So I think, I think the Colts, although all the injuries, although they haven't looked good, they've kept it close in a lot of games this year. Not a lot they could do with the Patriots game last week, as we talked about the short week and everything and all the injuries. But um, look for Luck to have another good game, and they'll get down early, but they'll crawl back late fourth quarter, and I think they come back and win this game at the end of the fourth quarter. Um, let's move on now. Next, we're going to do uh, Carolina versus Washington. This opened up as Washington minus 2.5, but since then it's moved down to Washington minus 1 after uh, the Monday night game. Who do you like in this one, Ryan? I love the Carolina Panthers. Loves them. Game. Plus 1. I think they're going to win outright easily. Um, you look at Washington last night, awful game. Uh, they got beat up by the Saints. Their offense is just extremely inconsistent. Uh, their wide receivers have been almost non-existent this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, running game, it it's up and down. Um, Adrian Peterson has a good week one week and then uh, can barely do anything the next week. Uh, I think Carolina is a really good team. Um, it's not too far of a travel for them just going up from Carolina to Washington, so mm-hmm. that's not a problem. Um, I Yeah, I think... Carolina is gonna uh, blow the Redskins out. In this wow, game. he's going blowout. Blowout. I actually took Washington minus one, and I was with you at first. I looked at this game, and immediately after watching that Monday night game, I said, "All right, Carolina for sure." And then I went down and I looked at some of the stats, and Cam Newton right now, guess where he is in completions? Twenty fourth, and he's twenty seventh in yards. 
for a quarterback who we consider top 10, might, might even be top 5, that is not elite. That is not what you want to see from Cam Newton. They're, the Carolina is very average in stats right now, but the good thing is they do know how to win football games. They are good down the stretch. They've got a veteran team. Cam Newton can lead fourth quarter drives, but um, it's everyone wants to talk about last night Washington getting blown out by the Saints and yeah it looked bad but I just want to say that's a very hard game to win for Washington on a night where Drew Brees breaks the the all-time passing yards record and an event like that happens it's very hard to keep your head in the game the the crowd's going crazy it's very hard to play in New Orleans uh regardless and then something like this is happening it's very hard to win so I'm not going to judge Washington too much off of that Monday night performance they are two and two against the spread one and one at home Carolina is 0-1 on the road against the spread, um, so we'll see what goes on. But I, I just don't like the lack of downfield threat from Carolina. Um, they should be able to get some stuff going in the running game. Christian McCaffrey, I like what they've been doing um, with him. But, again, I need to see much more from Cam Newton down the field. And it, it's been like this for years. He has been able to go downfield in, in years, and they've tried giving him weapons. Like, he had Ted Ginn Jr. That was, I think, the last time they had a t- downfield threat because he's one of the fastest guys in the NFL. But yeah. he didn't get a lot going with Kelvin Benjamin. Even with Funchess, he hasn't been able to get a lot going downfield. So um, I think Washington is an okay team at home, better than on the road. And I think uh, I think they actually do win the football game uh, favored uh, by one. Let's move on now to uh, Seattle at Oakland. Oakland is a three-point underdog. Who are you taking in this one, Ryan? I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks minus three. Okay. Um, just look at this game. It's just uh, it's not a great matchup. Just the, the teams are inconsistent. Uh, both teams have been struggling to get their offensive go- mm-hmm. offenses going. Their defenses have been shaky. Uh, I'm also going to take the under in this game uh the last six games for uh the seattle seahawks the under is five and one against a team with a losing record um these offenses just can't get anything going i don't think either team will uh get enough rhythm uh it's only at 48 but when you look at these teams yeah the the seahawks put up uh some points last week against the rams but um they're coming out big in that game. That that's a division game. They got to win that um, to try and stay uh, in the division. Uh, I just don't think it, either team's going to come up big uh, offensively in this game. And I think the Seahawks will pull it out. Oakland has just not looked good so far this year. Their one win coming against the Cleveland Browns in overtime which they easily could have lost. They could easily be sitting 0-5 right now. Um, Yeah, I'm going with Seattle. All right. Well, that makes it four games in a row where I disagree. I'm going Oakland plus three. Um, Here's why. Uh, Oakland, not an awful team at home. The black hole helps a lot. The fans are into it every game. The problem is their offense is boomer bust, and most of the time this year it's been bust, except for the Cleveland game where they put up 45, 46, whatever, how many points it was. Um... But the problem is, again, they talk about it every game, no pressure. And against a bad Seahawks team, that's how you beat the Seahawks. You get a lot of pressure because they have a horrible offensive line, and we talk about it. Russell Wilson can't be the hero every game. Um, but the, this Oakland team can't produce pressure. But I, I just think Oakland is very competitive at home. Seattle is 3-6-1 and one as an away favorite since 2016, so not great as an away favorite. Um, they don't have to travel very far, which is nice. But... Um, 
But I just think Oakland is competitive at home, and I think this is one of those games where Oakland's able to put up, you know, 30-something points on an average, below-average Seattle defense. I think Marshawn Lynch has two touchdowns. Amari Cooper scores. Um, Derek Carr is able to do some things. I think he'll turn the ball over a few times. But, again, Oakland competitive at home against a bad Seattle uh, defense. Uh, Russell Wilson probably throw for 300-plus yards, three touchdowns, as he always does. But... With the lack of rushing attack that they have right now, I, I don't think it'll be enough, um, even against a bad Oakland defense. I think Oakland keeps it close and uh, wins the game. Let's move on now. Next, we have Arizona at Minnesota. This one is uh, Minnesota favored by 10.5. What do you think about this one, Ryan? This is a huge number. Agreed. Um, huge. Minnesota just has not looked like the same Vikings team that we saw in 2017, mm-hmm. even with an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, Dalvin Cook has been injured a lot this year. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals plus 10 at a half. Uh, Minnesota is 1-4 against the spread in their last five games after a win. Yep. Uh, I just I think they, uh, they're a little beat up right now. Hopefully they get Dalvin Cook back, but Arizona just they're starting to look better with Josh Rosen as their quarterback. They're starting to move the ball a little bit, get some more people incorporated. Um, Arizona's actually done pretty good uh, against the spread. They're five and two in their last seven games against the spread. Okay. Three and two overall this year. Um, they know how to work the points, and uh, I like Arizona in this game. I am also taking Arizona. The first game we actually agree on. I think ten there and a half go. is a ridiculous number. Huge um, number. Although Arizona, you know, one and four rookie quarterback, that's not very appealing. But what happened the last time a rookie quarterback walked into U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota? You know, Buffalo wins by Josh 20 Allen plus points. Josh Allen, up. yeah, Josh Allen lights him up. So I'm not going to really judge anything about the fact that Arizona has a rookie quarterback. Um, and what if I told you the team with David Johnson is last in rushing? The Arizona Cardinals are last in the league in rushing. And I, they're trying to figure it out with him. I know it's a new coach. Steve Wilkes clearly does not know how to use him. He had two touchdowns last week, but only 55 yards on the ground. I think um, I think that's something that will get better over time. But again, you have a guy like David Johnson. I know he's coming off an injury, but last in the league in rushing. Uh, I don't like to see that. But again, Minnesota, like you said, is not impressed at all. Um, you know, Arizona's 13th in pass defense is not bad. We talked about that uh, day, a few days ago, but they can shut down um, a Minnesota offense. I think the biggest uh, matchup problem is Adam Thielen because I think uh, Patrick Peterson will likely be on digs most of the game, and Thielen, you know, doesn't say what it is. The kid just knows how to get open, and he's, he's really damn good at it. Um, but Minnesota's uh, rushing offense, 31st in the league without Dalvin Cook. And I know the Cardinals don't have a great rushing defense, but it might not matter in this game because of the lack of rushing threat from uh, Minnesota. So if Minnesota doesn't rush and they try to commit to the pass and Arizona shuts them down, you could definitely be seeing a game within 10 points, which I think what will happen. I think Minnesota wins the game because it's in Minnesota. Um, they're 1-1 against the spread at home, 3-2 and overall against the spread. Um, they should win this game. Uh, I'd be very surprised if they don't, but I think they only win it by five, six, or seven points in Arizona covers. Uh, let's move on now. Divisional matchup in the NFC South. It's going to be uh, Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Atlanta is a three-and-a-half favorite. Who you got in Atlanta? I am going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Uh, wow, really? They're getting Jameis Winston back. Uh-huh. They're a real starting quarterback. Uh, Tampa Bay is 4-0 and in their last four games against versus the NFC South against wow. the spread. Um, Atlanta, not looking good this year. Uh, defensively, they've had injury problems. you got to get people healthy. Uh, both their safeties out for the year. Their offense just isn't clicking right now. Um, they're just... This, once again, is not the team that we saw last year, much like the Vikings. Yeah. They're struggling a lot. Um, they're 1-4 against the spread this year, 1-5 against the spread in their last six games. Um, I'm going with Tampa Bay. I think they they might have a chance to win this game outright. I respect the pick. I, I definitely think it's possible. But I'm going to go with Atlanta minus 3.5. Um First of all, the Buccaneers are 0-5-1 against the spread in their last six games in October. So, not a really good October team. But um, I think the most important thing we take away from this game is you said it was uh, it was good for them that James was coming back. I actually disagree. I think it's um, I think it's too early. I mean, look what he did last week against the Bears. He threw a first he threw an interception on his first drive back, and it's gonna take time. Um, it's going to take time to come back and be in the offense. He, he's not going to pick up where Ryan Fitzpatrick left off after week three. He's not going to throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. Um, th- this, there are two teams that have two terrible secondaries. And I think it's going to be, I think this game is on shootout alert. And if it's on shootout alert, I think the team that scores more points than the other is Atlanta. And, um, that offense is just too good to be stopped. I don't know how they got stopped by, uh, a terrible Steelers secondary last week, but, um, Sarkeesian has been better in the red zone with the play calling, and I, if that continues, I think uh, Atlanta wins this game outright. And just not sure about Jameis yet. Um, the defense is too poor to keep up with Calvin Ridley, Sanu, Julio, all the weapons they have out there. Um, Devonta is going to be in his second week back. His second week back, he should be able to um, to get some things going. And I think Atlanta wins the game uh, and covers the spread at minus three and a half. All right, let's move on now. We're going to go to an AFC matchup. This one's going to be the Chargers at the Browns, where the Browns are a home underdog at plus one. Who you got in this one in Cleveland? I'm taking Los Angeles Chargers here. Um, only minus one. Uh, not too big of a spread, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think the Chargers are the better team overall. Uh, with a minus one spread, that's not... That's not too difficult for the team that should win. Um, they're the better team. They're more talented. Uh, Cleveland's had their struggles with consistency this year. Yep. Uh, trying to find wins in regulation or at all, uh, really. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, the Chargers start uh, firing away. Melvin Gordon uh, has been huge for them this year. Austin Eckler, um, a surprise, been playing very well for them. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers Here's on the, thing, the road. Okay, yeah. Here's the thing that scares me. Chargers 0-4 against the spread in their last four games following and against the spread win. That scares me a little bit. But um, I think this is uh, clearly the Chargers are the better team. But it also scares me that Cleveland is 3-0 at home. 
uh, against the spread and 4-1 on the season against the spread. But all that being said, I am taking the Chargers minus one as an away favorite. Um, everyone wants to talk about the Cleveland defense being really good, and they just held the Baltimore Ravens to six points, but they're actually 27th in total defense um, if you're going by yards per game. And uh, the Chargers are eighth in uh, points per game on scoring offense. So I, I think this is an offense that can score on Cleveland. Um, Melvin Gordon's a threat out of the backfield. I think Keenan Allen has a nice game. And again, this is a game the Chargers should win and a game they need to win because uh, we both think, I think, the Chiefs are going to lose this week against the Patriots. So if the Chargers can actually win this game, it puts them in a nice position in the AFC West. Um, their defense is pedestrian. Are, are they getting Joey Boza back this week? Might be too early. I, yeah, he, he might is. be too early. Might be too early. We don't know yet. Um, but I, I'm not convinced yet by the Cleveland offense. I think Baker Mayfield is going to make mistakes. Uh, the Chargers don't create that many turnovers, but against a rookie quarterback, um, I think they'll be able to get a few interceptions, and that should change the game. This game is basically a pick 'em because it's only minus one. So I, I think whoever wins the game will cover the spread. Um, but I'm going to go with Chargers minus one in this one. Uh, which would drop the Cleveland Browns to two, three, and one, and put the Chargers up to uh, four and two. Let's move on to another AFC matchup, big divisional rivalry. We got the Steelers at the Bengals. Who are you going with in this one? Very intriguing matchup. I'm gonna take the Cincinnati Bengals here. Ooh, okay. Um, and I'm gonna take the over. This game is gonna yep. be a shootout. Agreed. Uh, this is a division game. Uh, both teams know how to put up points. Bengals are at home, and they have actually been just, they have an amazing record against the spread this year. They're one of the best teams mm-hmm. uh, covering their points. 8-0 versus the AFC in their last eight games. 6-1 and in their last seven against the spread overall. Wow. I just think Cincinnati, uh, Andy Dalton is starting to play like the quarterback people thought he could be. Never going to be a truly elite quarterback, but he's always going to Put up yards. He's going to score his team points. Uh, Joe Mixon, yeah, uh, like second week back. Like that he's back. Um, he's a dynamic running back. Uh, <clears throat> look for look for a lot of points, and um, the Bengals coming out with a win. Right, I'm actually taking the Pittsburgh Steelers plus two and a half. And the the thing that concerns me though, in the last five games against the spread against the AFC North, what do you think the record is? The Steelers against the spread in the last five games against the AFC North. One and four. Oh and five. Um, that actually surprises me. Uh, I thought the Steelers were a rather good divisional team, but um, you know, against the against the um the Bengals, they haven't lost since week one of twenty fifteen. So they do well against the Bengals, and I think this thing for the Steelers right now is they're hitting their stride after a big win against the Falcons. You know, they finally showed the team that they can be. And all, all that does is it builds confidence, it builds momentum, and especially in a team where you know they're capable of doing that. So for a team that was lacking what they know, what they were capable of, finally to hit that stride, I think is huge for them. Um, they can get turnovers, um, and I think this may be a game where Andy Dalton throws four interceptions. Um, you know that's going to come at some point. You know that happens every four or five games for Andy Dalton. Um, I am expecting a slow start from the Steelers, but they'll pick it up second half. Antonio Brown, they just had too many weapons not to. Um, the 29th-ranked defense for the Steelers concerns me. But, um, again, I think it's a shootout. I think the Steelers have more weapons. And I think late the Steelers come back and end up winning by actually 
you know, one or two touchdowns. So definitely taking Steelers plus 2.5. I was actually very surprised they were underdogs in this one. Um, <clears throat> let's move on now. We're going to go to Buffalo at Houston, where Buffalo is actually an eight and a half point underdog. What do you think of that, and who are you taking? I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills here. Um, I think they're uh, a scrappy team. Uh, they're starting to pick it up a little bit, uh, not points wise, but they're uh, they're playing team better, which uh, you like to see. Um, at eight and a half points, that's that's two scores. That's a lot. Um, the Cincinnati team just went to overtime, or sorry, this Houston team just yep. went to overtime Houston. against the Cowboys. Uh, you got to see if Deshaun Watson um, is going to be able to make it through. Uh, this this offensive line is not good. Uh, the Texans are one and four against the spread versus a team with a losing record. Uh, whatever that may be, they might be playing down to their competition. Uh, but Buffalo, I think they're starting to pick it up a little bit. Um, and eight and a half is a huge line, especially against a team that's two and three right now. Um, Houston has not looked like the team it was last year. Um, that seems to be a trend this year. Teams just not picking up um, with where they left off, especially with Deshaun Watson back healthy. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. All right, I agree with you on this one. The Texans are actually 1-9 against the spread in their last 10 games overall. They're 1-4 this year against the spread. I don't like that at all. Um, I think it's an intriguing matchup because Buffalo right now is actually 6th in total defense. Not a lot of people believe you if you said that to them. But Houston is also fourth in total offense, which surprised me a lot um, because their lack of rushing attack. But they're getting it done. Um, so I think it's going to be a slugfest. I think it's going to be a good battle of you know a top 10 defense and a top 10 offense right now. Um, and Houston, uh, Deshaun Watson is the second highest passing yard average in the last three games. So he's kind of picking it up right now. But again, 8.5 is just way too much for me. The Buffalo has proven to be competitive in their last games. They're going to keep it close. Um, they're last in scoring offense, but I think this is a low-scoring game. I think you're looking at you know, somewhere 2017, 17-13, something like that. But I think for Buffalo to even score that many points, they're going to really need LaShawn McCoy to step up. Not every game is Josh Allen going to get a 13-yard rush touchdown. They got LaShawn McCoy, he's playing this week. Um, he missed some time early in the year. But he should be ready to go. Now, he played last week, wasn't very productive. Um, but he should be ready to go by now. Um, should be prominent in the offense. And should be the guy that we saw as a top five running back um, a year or two years ago. So, yeah, definitely taking Buffalo plus 8.5. That's just too much for me for a Houston team that hasn't proven themselves, has been close in every game, and is 1-9 against the spread in the last 10 games overall. So going Buffalo plus 8.5. All right, let's move on. The Chicago Bears at the Miami Dolphins. Bears coming off of a bye week. Um, the Bears are uh, an away favorite at three. Who are you taking in this one in Miami? I'm going to take the Chicago Bears. Um, I don't think this game will be too big of a problem for Chicago. Uh, their defense is just playing way too uh, dominant right now. Uh, Miami's starting to falter a little bit after their 3-0 start. Uh, Miami's 1-4 uh, against the spread uh, against teams with a winning record. Um, I just think Chicago's going to dominate this game. Don't look for a huge um, offensive explosion, but a reasonable amount of, 
a reasonable amount of points, and Chicago wins easily. I'm also taking uh, Chicago minus three, but there is one thing that scares me about this game for Chicago, um, and this has been happening in the past few years. They're 0-2 as an away favorite this year, uh, or 0-1, they lost to the Cardinals, but I think more importantly, um, they're they're pretty bad off the bye, and it concerns me because off of a big momentum game where you win 45-10, to 48-10 against the um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you want that momentum to keep going, and then you have this bye week that kind of halts it. But I think regardless, they gained a ton of confidence from that, especially in quarterback Nudger Trubisky. And I think that's something that carries over the rest of the season. I just would have liked to see, um, you know, not have the bye week right there because of the momentum that we gained and everyone's up and excited. But again, I think overall the confidence is there. Um, you know, Bears are second in total defense. They look really good. They lead the league in sacks. The defense will wreak havoc in, havoc in this game. I'm not worried about that at all. I'm still, you know, will the offense be... Um, what they were last game? No. Will they put up more than 21 points? Yes. Um, again, the fate of this season, it all relies on Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, we know the defense is going to produce. The running backs um, are proven, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. But if Mitch Trubisky... Can, he, we're not going to need him to throw six touchdowns a game. And quite frankly, the Bears don't need Mitch Trubisky to be Patrick Mahomes. The Bears don't need Mitchell Trubisky to be Deshaun Watson. They need him to be an above-average quarterback who can win games. And I think he's better than that, and I think he will be better than that, but that's all they need with this defense. Um, I think he goes for 300 yards, four touchdowns in this game against Miami. Um, and I think they go crazy. I think they do win by a lot, but... A little worried off the bye, but I think it doesn't matter because of all the confidence that they gained last week. Um, we'll see what happens, but I'm definitely taking Chicago minus three. They should easily cover. Not worried at all about that. Um, let's move on now. We got the Rams at the Broncos. This is an interesting game to me. I wonder who you're going um, for LA in Denver. Who are you taking? I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams here, minus seven. Um, this Rams team just puts up points. Uh, Broncos are struggling defensively. Yep. Um, they really are. I mean, how many points did they get? 34 points dropped on them by Sam Donald and the yeah, Jets. By the 215 Jets. yards not, dropped on them not by a great week. Isaiah Crowell. Not a great week at all. Um, I think this game is going to hit the over at 52.5 points. Okay. Um, the over for the Rams in their last 11 games against a team with a losing record is 9-2. And, and the over... For the Broncos wow. in their last five games against a team with a winning record is four and one. Um, this team or this game, I think, is going to be a lot of points. Uh, Denver's going to be playing catch up the entire game. Um, I, unless Von Miller uh, can get to Jared Goff every single play, he can cover all of their wide receivers and he can single-handedly stop Todd Gurley. Um, I don't see this. Broncos defense doing much to stop the Rams. I think both teams are going to score some points, and I like the Rams to win by more than one touchdown. Okay. I'm going with the surprise pick of the week. I'm taking the Broncos at plus seven, and um, and here's why. Um, let, let's put it this way. The Rams are going to lose a football game at some point, people. They're going to lose at some point. I don't know when it's going to be, but they're going to lose, and I think, I, think they, uh, I think they win this game. But I think it's closer than a lot of people expect, and here's why. Um, Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib are still out. And we saw we saw the effect of that last week. Not a great Seattle offense. 31 points dropped on them, right? 
you know, uh, Aaron Donald can't play secondary. He can't do everything. Um, so the lack of those two guys is really concerning for them. Um, when the Broncos are productive in passing, they're a good football team. They can win football games, but they need Case Keenum to be the guy who was in Minnesota. He won't ever be the guy who was in Minnesota, but if he can be so glimpses of what he was, this is a team that can be what people thought they would. They were after the first three games of the season. Um, the the den- the problem is Denver is 26th in total defense and 30th against the rush, and although. Um, They've been working Todd Gurley a lot in the red zone. I think the Broncos will be able to contain him to under 90 yards. Um, and I don't, I don't think Todd Gurley's going to run crazy on this 30th-ranked rush defense because Von Miller's still there. Um, you know, huge playmakers like that don't allow things um, like that to happen. I think this game's actually going to be around uh, 30 to 26, 30 to 27. I think the Bron- I think the Broncos keep it within five or six. Um, and the Broncos are just a better team at home as well and I think that's really important in this game the Rams are good wherever they play but I think the Broncos are um are solid at home they play better at home um and I think I think they actually do keep this game and they'll lose the game but I think they keep it under seven points I think they cover um and I'm definitely taking the Broncos plus seven I think this is the game where the Rams uh falter again and uh not lose but Broncos covering this one. All right, let's move on down to our final four games. <clears throat> Interesting one coming up right here. We got Jacksonville at Dallas. Um, this is the most. Uh, th- this is a uh, Dallas plus three, but seventy-three percent of the community right now is picking Jacksonville minus three. Um, are you agreeing with that seventy-three percent or disagreeing, Ryan? I'm gonna have to agree, uh, Jacksonville. Uh, I think we'll win this game. Um, the Cowboys are one and seven against the spread in their last eight home games versus a winning a team with a winning record. Um, I just think this Jags team is good. They have the defense to contain Zeke. Um, the Cowboys offense struggles uh, a lot. Dak Prescott needs to move around, create stuff. For them to do anything, but you look at you look at the Jaguars' defense, and they have speed everywhere. Yannick and Gonque, Dante Fowler Jr., uh, Telvin Smith, Miles Jack. I mean, they have the recipe to keep Dak contained, to keep Zeke contained, mm-hmm. and I don't think any of the Cowboys' wide receivers really uh, scare AJ Boye <laughs> or Jalen Ramsey. Not I mean, Jalen Ramsey's calling out Tariq. Kill. Yeah, one of the best wide um, receivers in the league. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think he's scared of this matchup at all. Um, I think Blake Bortles has a decent day against a Cowboys defense that's shaky at times. Um, I think this should be uh, an easy road win for the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, well, we disagree again, my friend. I'm going Cowboys plus three. Look, Dallas is only two and two at home since being home underdog since 2016. So although they're one and seven against the spread in their last eight home games against a team with a winning record, they're not terrible at home. Um, I think they're better at home than they are on the road. You know, this is what happens when you play at AT&T Stadium. You're at, it's America's team. They kind of show up at home, I feel like. Um, but this Cowboys defense isn't that bad. Uh, ranked eighth in the NFL right now in total defense um, against an offense from Jacksonville that 
very up and down. Last week, only scored 14 points against the worst defense in the league with Kansas City. Um, but I think I think what the Cowboys really need to do to win this game is uh, is get a takeaway. They're 31st in takeaways right now. But the Jaguars do not win football games when Blake Bortles throws four interceptions and fumbles the ball however many times. It just doesn't happen. Um, I mean, it's hard to win games regardless when you turn the ball over. Usually the team that turns the ball over more times loses the game. Um, so I think it's a low-scoring game, actually. I think these are two very good defenses against two offenses that are pretty pedestrian right now, I'd say, especially the Jaguars without Fournette. Um, I think Zeke has a solid game, and I think he gets in the end zone because um, Jacksonville is actually 14th in rush defense. They're first in total defense, but 14th in rush defense, so a lot of their total defense is being carried by that um, superb, ridiculous secondary that they have. So Dallas really needs to get Zeke going. But I think the big thing is bring back Dez. What are you doing? Jerry Jones, you're out of the stadium freaking watching a concert with Dez. Just bring him back already. Gosh darn it. Um, out. Yeah, he's calling. I, I don't know what he thinks of Dez. Does he want him back? Does he not want him back? I don't know why you don't want him back. Uh, he can, He's not going to hurt the team. Throw the ball off to him in the end zone. I mean, give him a chance. I don't know. I, this is a team that is clearly lacking weapons on the outside. Like, I like Cole Beasley, but he's not going to get it done. Uh, you know, I like Tavon Austin, and they can do a lot of creative things with him, but they'd be able to do more creative things with him if they had a weapon like Dez on the outside. Um, so I think the Cowboys, uh, they really need to get Zeke going. I think if they do that, they'll keep this game close. Um I think they actually end up winning the game against Jacksonville, which would be very dangerous for Jacksonville as they would fall. Um, Jacksonville would then fall to three and three, which no one would have expected. And Dallas would move up to three and three. Um, big game to look at this week. Um, definitely keep an eye out for this one because I think it'll be a lot closer than people expect. So I'm going Dallas plus three in this one. All right, <clears throat> let's move on. Uh, interesting game here. Not really sure what to make of it. Two teams where kind of don't know where they are. It's Baltimore at Tennessee, where Tennessee is a three-point underdog at home. The over/under is 41. Who are we taking in this one? In a rather strange game. I'm gonna take the Ravens here uh, and the under. Okay. Um, if you uh, if you look at it, these offenses are not great. Uh, both of them are not great. The defenses are both uh, doing pretty well this year. Yep. Uh, Tennessee is uh, third to last uh, in points allowed. Baltimore is last in points allowed, fifteen, just over 15 points allowed per game wow. for this Ravens defense. Just very over good. 17 points very, allowed very for this good. Titans defense. Um, I think overall you have to trust Baltimore's offense a little bit more. Then you do the Titans offense. Uh, this Titans offense is very shaky. They don't know who they want running the ball. Do they want uh, Derrick Henry? Do they want Deion Lewis? Uh, will Corey Davis be consistent? That's a big question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Baltimore and the under. The under is uh, in the last 11 meetings between Baltimore and Tennessee. The under is 7-3-1. and one. Yeah, uh, so you like that. These teams yeah. don't put up a lot of points. No. Both with uh, pretty good defenses. Uh, look for a low-scoring game with Baltimore uh, winning that game and covering. 
Well, this goes to show how exciting a week I think this is going to be because I'm disagreeing again. I'm going Tennessee plus three. Um, Tennessee is a four and two as a home underdog since 2016. They have the seventh rake defense against an 11th Baltimore offense. I think you're right. I think you're looking at a 17, 13 low scoring game. Definitely not looking at a shootout. I think definitely hits the under. Um, I think the big thing for the Titans, what they need to do is get going with Deion Lewis. This is a really, really, um, uh, what's the word? Deion Lewis is really valuable, I think. I think he's very valuable back. There's a lot you can do with Deion Lewis. He's athletic. Um, he can catch the ball. He, I like Deion Lewis. Um, they try to run by committee with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, and it, it kind of works, kind of doesn't. But I think if they get, get Deion Lewis more involved, he scores a few touchdowns. Um, this is definitely a Tennessee win against a, a Baltimore offense that I think um, is definitely hit or miss. You never know when Joe Flacco is going to throw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, and when he's going to throw for 200 yards and three interceptions. Um, and this Again, this is a good Tennessee defense, so I think they do shut down Baltimore down, uh, shut down Baltimore, but you're right, Baltimore also has a good defense against a Tennessee offense where still trying to find who they are after the whole weird QB situation at the beginning of the year with Gabbard and Mariota. Um, the offense has been weird ever since that, and you're right, they don't have a lot of weapons. Corey Davis kind of showing um, what he can be as a first-round pick two years ago, um, so hopefully he can get it going, but not enough weapons on the outside, but I still think this is a low-scoring game, and uh, Tennessee's actually going to win the game and uh, hit the cover of plus three, so definitely look out for that one. That's going to be a weird game. I'm not really sure where it's going to go. Um, I'm going with Tennessee, but it could go either way. It's too early in the season, I think, to make an outright for sure prediction on this one and be completely confident with your pick. Um, Definitely. Yep. So that being said, we're going to go to, I think, the game of the week, um, the one everyone's looking at, Sunday night football action, Kansas City at New England. This is really interesting. New England is actually a three-and-a-half underdog, which I've expected, but um, Kansas City is 5-0, and oh, um, looking hot. Looking good in an impressive win against uh, who did they play last week? They played the Jaguars. The Jaguars, that's right. Against against the Jaguars, very impressive wins against the Jaguars. Uh, New England coming off of a, a win that they needed against the Colts. Big Sunday night football action in Foxborough. Who are you taking? I'm gonna take Kansas City in this. Wow! Game. I think New wow! England, I think New England will win this game, but I think Kansas okay. City keeps it close. Okay. I think they uh, keep it to within a field goal. Um, Kansas City's five and zero this year against the spread. They're putting up huge points. Yep. Uh, Bill Belichick, he knows how to he knows how to scheme against a guy who's hot. He knows what he's doing. Uh, look for the Patriots to win this game, but not by much. I think uh, the the skill of Tom Brady, the experience of Tom Brady, uh, will obvious. I think that'll help him. Uh, beat Kansas City at home. Um, but I like yeah. Kansas City to keep this game close, keep it to within a field goal. Um, and I think this is going to be a game that goes right down to the wire. Completely agree with that. Uh, let me ask you this. In their last 22 home games as a home favorite since 2016, what's New England's record? What do you think? How many games? 22, last 22. As a home favorite since 2016. I'm going to have to go... 16 and 6. Close. 18 and 4. The Patriots just don't lose at home as a favorite. It, it, it rarely happens, as you can see. Um, you know, although Kansas City 
uh, held the Jaguars to 14 points. We're not going to talk about it again, but Blake Bortles, no for net. Not, it's, I'm not impressed that much by that. They still have the last-ranked defense in the NFL after last week. So that goes to show just how bad they were in the first four games. Um, New England is 16th in defense. So will they be able to stop Mahomes? Maybe. I think they hold them like two touchdowns. Um, but I think the most important thing is, uh, is, is again, Tom Brady, prime time uh, against a good team. You know he's going to pick it up. I, I think Bill Belichick is going to outsmart Andy Reid. And I think here it is, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs, you had your time, 5-0. and Congrats. This is where the downfall starts. Happened last year. Started 5-0. and They played the Pittsburgh Steelers in week six, lost 19-16, to and that started a, a downfall in which they dropped five of their next six games after starting 5-0. and And, you know, talk about trends all you want. I think that happens again this year. You're, they face a very tough schedule in their next six games. Patriots are not an easy team to beat. Um... You know, Sunday night football, there's a, there, I think there's a big chance they could get embarrassed. I think there's a big chance that they could get blown out. Um, I think there's a chance Tom Brady could pick apart this defense. They have the weapons back, Elman's back. Gronk is uh, Gronk's healthy, we think. Uh, Josh Gordon should be a threat in the end zone. We still don't know how they want to use him. Um, but Sonny Michelle is finding his stride. I think this is a team that is... Uh, finally got what they need to be successful, and I think they exposed Kansas City on primetime television. So I'm taking New England minus three and a half. I think they win by at least seven points, and I think this is the start of a of a slight downfall for Kansas City. I still think they make the playoffs. I think they got like an 80, 90 percent chance to make the playoffs right now, um, according to like statistics. Um, but I think they do take a skid. And it starts on Sunday Night Football against New England, against uh, Bill Belichick. So we'll see what goes on with that. Uh, I'm taking New England minus 3.5. Ryan is taking the Chiefs plus 3.5. Uh, we move on to our final game of the week. This is uh, the Monday Night Football game, San Francisco at Green Bay. Not a lot to say about this one. Um, I think I know who you're going to take. What are you taking on this Monday Night Football matchup in Lambeau? I'm going to take uh, the home favorite. Green Bay Packers in this game a big spread but uh CJ Beathard at quarterback for San Francisco oh no they just they don't have the weapons I think Aaron no. Rodgers no. uh if you need if you need a game for him to win I I just think Aaron Rodgers is your guy um he I think will light up this San Francisco defense uh San Francisco's one and four this year against this spread uh, in their last six meetings in Green Bay, they're one four and one against the spread. Mm-hmm. So this this team is just not the Forty ers are not a team that uh, looks good going into Green Bay Lambeau Field. I think uh, the Packers come out with a huge win this week um, in a blowout fashion. Definitely possibility i definitely think that could happen i'm taking green bay minus nine and a half nine and a half is a lot um for a packers team that hasn't looked impressive um not at all actually quite frankly they are what is their record the packers are two and two um and one two two all right two two and one right they had a tie against minnesota um two and three against the spread um but you know san francisco's one and four against the spread and you're right um C.J. Beathard, not a lot you can do on offense with that. And Green Bay is 12-2 and as a home favorite since 2016. The Packers are very good at home. Aaron Rodgers is much better at home. But I, I do think it is concerning for the Packers that they are not as good on the road. 
and it's it's very evident. But when they go home, they thrive. Um, prime time again. 49ers, not a great offense. I think Matt Breida has a nice game because they're going to be forced to run it so many times against. If not, he can play. Is he is he on the injury report right now? Uh, questionable. Left, I think he he's questionable. Last week. Okay, I think he's questionable. Um, yeah, we'll see if if Breida plays. Then um, then I think he has a nice game. This uh, Packers defense isn't great, um, but we'll see. Uh, I don't think the pack. I don't think it's going to be the blo- uh, a gigantic blowout. I think it's going to be slightly closer than people expect. Uh, Green Bay is still going to cover the nine and a half that they're given, but um. But yep, twelve and two uh, as a home favorite is just too much for me. Um, and I think uh, this is something interesting I want to point out. The Forty Niners actually have five of the next five of their next seven games are on prime time. And of course, the NFL scheduled all this because of Jimmy Garoppolo. But in the first place, I don't understand why you're scheduling a team that was what three and thirteen last year. No, they were a little six more than that. Ten. Six and ten because Jimmy Garoppolo won yeah. the run. Right, 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 yeah. right. But still, I. <laughs> You're not proven enough to schedule five primetime games. And I know the, the the good thing is I think three or four of them are going to get flexed out. They already yeah. flexed out the Sunday night football game that's supposed to happen in two weeks. Um, thank God. Because no one wants to watch C.J. Beathard on national television. No yeah, one's going to really sure. watch this this Niners-Packers game because most people think what's they think they know what's going to happen. So hopefully the Bears get in there. Um, I think... Uh, when they 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 might get in the flex uh, in the game they play against the Rams. I think chance they get flexed into a primetime game against yeah, that game. Very good um, game there. So yeah, we'll definitely see. Um, I'm gonna go to my fantasy play of the week and my fantasy set of the week. My fantasy play of the week is uh, Tariq Cohen coming off a huge performance against um, the Buccaneers uh, two weeks ago before the bye. I think this is an uh, Matt Nagy. This is an offense that is really trying to utilize. Tariq Cohen really trying to um really trying to make him a prominent part of the offense like everyone thought he would be at the beginning of the year and we didn't see it in the first three games but they were really creative with him um against the Bucks. he did a lot uh, he rushed he caught passes that's who he is he'll break tackles he'll get yards after the catch and I think he scores a touchdown probably puts up um 20 plus yards uh 20 plus fantasy points um, because he is he's just a player that Mr. Trubisky loves to target when his favorite target on the field, and I think he has a big game against uh, against Miami. And my fantasy set of the week, this was a guy that a lot of people were picking up after last week, which is Robbie Anderson from the Jets. They saw the three catches for 120 yards, they saw the touchdown, and they picked him up right away. But here's the thing, folks. When you get three catches for 120 yards, that's not something... That happens every game, and I don't think it's going to happen next game. So I think that's a pretty risky risky play if you start Anderson. I think he's a boomer bust player. Um, the Jets are playing against the Colts, which is not a great secondary, but you know, he Anderson's either going to put up four receptions in 150 yards or he's going to get one reception for 20 yards and maybe a touchdown. So I don't think it's a safe play to put in Robbie Anderson there. So my play of the week is Tariq Cohen. Um, and my set of the week is Robbie Anderson from the Jets. Who you got, Ryan, in your play of the week and in your set of the week? Uh, well, I have a sleeper pick here. Oh, sleeper. Watch out sleeper. for Cameron Bray, tight end for wow. Tampa Bay. Wow, really? OJ Howard's out. James Winston loves throwing the Cameron Bray. Last two years, he's been a top 10 uh, fantasy tight end. Yep. Uh, this guy is a, a solid target for James Winston. Uh, he loves throwing to him. Uh, look out for him, uh, especially in a year with tight ends being extremely inconsistent. 
Uh, sit of the week, I'm going to go with any running back that you decide to pick up on the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my God. Uh, Jay really? Jai's out. Corey Clement appears to be like a starter, but I think they're going to go with a committee here. You got Josh Adams, yeah. the undrafted free agent from He's Notre looked nice. Dame. He's looked okay. Yeah, he, he knows he... He could be an explosive back when he gets out. Um, Wendell Smallwood, uh, a gritty rusher. I mean, this guy never stops moving his feet until he's on the ground. He fights for extra yards. Uh, Corey Clement had the chance uh, a few weeks back. Yeah, I started him that week. Yeah. Uh, he Terrible. Two, two points or something like not that? Not great. Uh, I just don't think that the Eagles are going to move into a workhorse uh, type scheme with these running backs. Darren Sproles uh, looks to be out another week, um, especially on a short week. But uh, yeah, I would say sit all Eagles running backs unless you're extremely desperate. Because um, there's a chance one of them is going to score. Yeah, and I think it's likely Corey Clement. But you're not. I, I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, would, not uh, at all. Don't don't count on any of them. Um, this looks like it's shaping up to be a running back by committee i'm looking at some questions on fantasy online this is a good question for you um this guy is asking which patriots wide receiver do i start in my wide receiver two spot julian edelman or josh gordon who would you take i'm gonna go with julian edelman there um josh gordon has probably the biggest boom or bust potential out of any player in the nfl (laughs) with tom brady as quarterback Um, Last week he had two receptions, I believe, 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Without that long touchdown throw, he ends the game with uh, a pretty uh, abysmal week. Uh, Julian Edelman is Tom Brady's favorite wide receiver target. Mm -hmm. Um, He looks for him all the time. The first drive last week, Julian Edelman's back. He has... I believe three catches on the first drive. Yep. Tom Brady looks for him early and often. Uh, I think Julian Edelman is your safer bet. I would agree with that. I again, we don't really know Josh Gordon's place in the offense, but we do know that Julian Edelman's gonna be a, his uh, Brady's favorite target, either him or Gronk. You know he's gonna be up there. But again, we don't know. We don't really know what Josh Gordon's value is yet. He had a touchdown last week, but what do you have? Two receptions, I think. Only two receptions, I believe, five, fifty yards. Yeah, five targets, three targets, something like that. Not a lot of targets, so we don't really know um, what he's that, capable of in that offense. Catches. Right, and there's there's a lot of weapons in that offense. Don't forget they have James White, who catches a ton of passes out of the backfield, and they do that a lot. They throw checkdowns a lot. They like to throw those little slants, those little uh, screens to James White. So don't expect at all. I I don't think there's any chance Gordon actually gets more than six or seven receptions so um if you're trying to pick up gordon or you're trying to start him be careful um i would wait for a consistency from him a little more clarity a little more clarity about where he is in the offense a little more consistency from him in the next few weeks um so i would definitely start edelman over josh gordon in that one um next question uh this one pretty easy i think but who are you starting against the Bengals? Uh, this guy wants to either start Juju Smith-Schuster 
or Antonio Brown, which Steelers wide receiver are you taking against the Bengals? Which is interesting because don't just think that Antonio Brown has been the better wide receiver all year because Juju Smith has outscored him in, in three of the games. But uh, big game for Brown last week. But who are you taking, Smith-Schuster or Brown in, against the Bengals? Uh, if you have Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown, you should be starting them both. Um, if you have to pick one, give me Antonio Brown. He's got Hopkins. So he wants to do Hopkins and or Smith Schuster or or um or Brown. Some pretty good wide receivers there. Yeah, I don't uh, know how he got those, but give me Antonio Brown. Um he's Ben Roethlisberger's Berger's favorite target. Yep. Um, undoubtedly. Last week he had over a hundred yards, two touchdowns, uh the a, connections back. A couple targets uh in the end zone. Um when Ben was scrambling at the end of the first half, he threw the interception. But he was looking for Antonio Brown. He's trying to get that back going, uh, that connection back. Um, yeah, Antonio Brown, I think, is your better bet. But you definitely cannot go wrong with Juju Smith-Schuster either. Uh, he is easily a wide receiver one this year, mm-hmm. getting a large target share, scoring touchdowns. Um, if you have anybody on the Steelers' offense, they're pretty good starts. Right. James Conner. Looking good. I guess that brings us to our next topic. Le'Veon to the Eagles? Question mark, question mark, question mark? Uh, does not look likely, even though they just restructured uh, Fletcher Cox's deal. Uh, and with Ajayi create, out, it's definitely people are looking at it. over $6 million in cap space this year. Um, reports are that the Eagles contacted the Bills, actually. For McCoy, for I heard that. McCoy. Um, so it looks like... Apparently yeah. the Bills want a second and a third for LaShawn McCoy, which is absolutely ridiculous. You think that's too much? Yeah, way too much for a guy who... Who's that old? He's, out of his prime. I think he's on the downslope yeah. of his career here, but uh, Le'Veon Bell, I do not see playing in the midnight green. Uh, he's just... He's not going to play until he gets his money. And I don't think the Eagles are willing no, to commit that much money, uh, especially with Carson Wentz needing a new deal coming up. Uh, I don't think it's a smart move for them. I think they can survive on a running back. Right. I mean, look, like, look, people, if there was a team that was willing to pay Le'Veon that much money, they would have traded him already. Look at Khalil Mack. A team finally was willing to pay him that much money, and it's been worth it. Um, but it, it's kind of looking like right now that there's not many teams in the league who are willing to pay a, a running back like Le'Veon as much money as he's asking for. Um, so we'll see what happens. He's supposed to return to the Steelers in Week 7, um, after the Week 7 bye. But will he get traded? Will he not? I'm not really sure. It's not looking like a lot of teams are interested in paying him that much money, especially for um, a running back. I know the, the, the value is going up after... Uh, who got signed big time this offseason running back Todd Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley right so he kind of set the David precedent Johnson there also. David Johnson so they both set the precedent for uh for money for uh running back so he's gonna want more than that because he thinks he's the outright best running back in the league um and he very well may be but there's not a lot of teams right now in the middle of the season who are willing to pay for a player like that um so we'll see what goes on with Le'Veon I think it's an interesting thing to keep a story on um, and we're going to go to our last fantasy question of the day um, and our last topic of the day. Who are you starting um, at wide receiver, Odo Beckham Jr. against Philadelphia or Brandon Cooks against Denver? going to go with Odo Beckham Jr. Um, Brandon, go- Brandon Cooks left the game injured last week. He's still questionable, but they're saying they think he will play. But prior to that, he had 
he left the game with zero catches, zero yards, and this injury did not happen in the first quarter. This happened midway through the game. Uh, not to say that Brandon Cooks uh, is being uh, left out of this uh, Rams uh, offense. I just think there's so many weapons there. Um, they love to spread the ball. Yeah. Uh, I think any one of their three wide receivers can go off, but I think Odell Beckham Jr. is your safer bet against uh, a struggling Eagles. I, I definitely area. agree. I think this is the boom game. for. He had a big game last week, OBJ, but I think this is the boom game. I think he goes off. He's projected 12 points right now. I think he surpasses that by at least 10. I think he gets 150 yards. I think two touchdowns. Um, he, I don't think he'll pass for a touchdown in this game. But he will catch two touchdowns. Um, definitely looking at Odo Beckham Jr. for a, a big boom week. Um, I don't think it's going to be a big week for Saquon Barkley against a great Eagles defensive line, one of the best front sevens in football. Um, and he against <laughs> with our offensive line, there's there's not a lot of holes to run through there for Saquon. Um, so definitely going to take Odo Beckham Jr. And that's the only way they're going to win the game, quite frankly, is if they go deep with Odell 